I'm Yamilka Rodriguez, and this is the Brand Therapist Podcast, where we come together and dive deep into the psychology of branding. We live in a new era that asks us to step up and show our individuality, learn what makes us unique and different in this world. Let's open the door to possibilities so you can win in business, life, and relationships, because everything starts with you. Hello, Brenda. I am so happy to have you here on my couch today. Thank you, Yamilka, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. So we're just going to go right ahead and get started. Thank you for being so open. I know we've known each other for a while now. And the first question, I have to ask this question because it's, you know, a therapy question and we always have to start with a childhood memory. So (laughs) tell me about a childhood memory that brings you into what you do today. Well, okay. How long do we have? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I am on couch, right? (laughs) It really boils down to, I had two perfect parents, role models of what not to do in conflict. So I have my father who I nickname Old Yeller and my mother was the silencer. And well, old Geller, you guessed it. He would get angry and kind of stomp and turn red in the face. And he was a pretty scary guy when, when he got angry. And then my mother had the silent treatment down to an art form in terms of, you know, she could do it for days if she wanted to. And so I grew up with those influences of how to deal with conflict, which isn't very good. Old Yeller and the silencer, um, they did get divorced, unfortunately, but actually it is fortunate because they met two perfect people that were suited for them. But what I learned in this journey was I was reacting the same way. I would either get really angry and reactive, or I would just shut down. And I knew that. So when I got married and I became an instant mom to a nine-year-old, it was a rough go. It was really hard and just hard becoming a, an instant step family. But I saw those tendencies. Old Yeller would come out or the silencer would uh, come out when I was just really frustrated. I knew that I had to change my way in which to communicate. So I ended up going to the Justice Institute of British Columbia and got my uh, certification in conflict resolution. And that, that was it. I was hooked. I knew that that was where my life was going to be going was in terms of communication, conflict management. And I eventually uh, got my charter designation as a professional mediator. So that's, in a nutshell, the quick version of uh, how my childhood influence that had me come to be where I am today. I love that. So tell me a little bit about your business, what you do. I started my business in 2011. Before that, I was uh, in commercial insurance for many years. And when I went to the Justice Institute and got my certification, I actually became the first insurance agent in British Columbia to be on the insurance dispute resolution panel. So I mediated insurance claims disputes, but I really, in my heart, I wanted to go into family mediation, I guess, because of my experience with divorced parents and I was a stepmother and I'm a stepsister, you know, so just, uh, I thought, well, I think I'd like to try family mediation. 
So I did. I opened my practice in 2011 and started out in family mediation. I did that for about seven years and I did enjoy it, but I really felt that going back to my corporate roots was really calling for me. So I decided then to get into commercial mediation. So I did that. But then along the way, I end up coaching a lot of the executives, the managers. So when things were getting really rough and tough, and it's like we have this discussion during the pre-mediation or, or afterwards, it's like, what brought it to this point where they had to call me in in this crisis situation? Anyway, I ended up doing coaching. And from there, I went on to get my coaching certification from Royal Roads, my graduate certificate from Royal Roads University and have been coaching. And then I've been a trainer from eons ago. I've been trained in the insurance industry for many years. So I just brought those three skills together and that's where my business is now. So it's discussions by design and it's all about communication and conflict management and uh, leadership training. Oh, I love that. So now we're going to go into a little bit about your brand, because we want to know a little bit about you. What is your brand about? What is your personal brand about? Okay. Yeah, my brand, how it is right now, it's simple and yet elegant. And I absolutely love it. I feel it really resonates with me. The colors, especially, it's a deep blue. I don't know what you call it, uh, the type of blue, but it's a deep, dark blue. And that to me really signifies solidness and grounding in a way. And then it's also like a dusty rose. And that dusty rose, it's my heart. It's bringing people together. It's love. It's kindness. So I think it just brings everything together with the simplicity and yet the colors really have a lot of meaning to me. I love my brand. Uh, I, does that answer your question or is there something yes, else? Yes, yes. Yeah. No, everybody, it's so interesting. Everybody has a different definition for their personal brand. And I love yours. You really went in and described it in this very personal way, right? About the solidness of the blue, which I love. And then the heart of the pink and bringing those two things together. I love that. That's beautiful. So tell me, we always ask this question because it's very interesting to see other people's take. But if I asked you, when did you know you had become famous for what you do? Tell me your fame story. Oh, gosh. You know, <laughs> I wouldn't call myself famous. I don't know. Maybe that's the, the Canadian uh, humbleness or something. <laughs> I'm getting known as the expert in, in terms of employee engagement and conflict and communication. And well, I've had three interviews in the past week. So I guess my name is getting out there and my reputation is getting out there. So it's taken time and my journey has made it so. But uh, so in terms of famous, I don't know if I'm famous, but I'm definitely I got a I think a solid reputation. I've been around for a while. People know me. Um, they reach out to me. So that's. Uh, that feels yeah, good. I love how you defined it. You know, it's about having a solid reputation. Everybody defines it a little different, but I love that definition. It's having a solid reputation and that you are getting referrals based on your personal reputation or the reputation of your company. So I love that. That's great. So let me ask you this. If we go back to understanding, you know, when you started this whole journey about leaving corporate and all these things, what was your biggest fear? Oh, 
well, starting my own business, that's pretty scary. And starting a business, I mean, 29 years in corporate insurance. And so starting something from fresh, from new. And so I had to build myself up. I didn't have all the connections because of course I was going into family mediation instead of even insurance mediation. I wasn't even, I wanted to get away from insurance. You know, I just had had 29 years of it and I thought, and it's great industry. I mean, it's a a wonderful industry. I just thought I wanted something different and just to see where I can go with it. So it was with trepidation, but excitement, but I would say that that was, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I fumbled my way through for a while there for sure, but it was just the fear of the unknown really. And having the courage to, to see what I had to do to make it happen. Yeah, I love that. I know I've been listening to a few books and a lot of them talk about how you kind of start throwing spaghetti at the wall and then things start to connect and then you start getting referrals. That's when you have to stop throwing spaghetti at the wall and really get focused and centered. So I guess you're kind of in that point now where you're focusing your efforts into one thing. Yeah. If you'd say anything, focusing my efforts would probably be more in the, well, with the coaching, but the training, because I really believe that the two go hand in hand. Training is great. It's a foundation, but it's never enough. You're just going to forget half of what you, even more than half um, of what you've learned in, you know, a a five-day training or three-day training or one-day training. It doesn't matter. So it's the coaching and the, and the training that goes hand in hand, which I really love doing. It gives me lots of energy. I love it because it's not just focusing in one area, but you have to do the entire ecosystem to be able to deliver a product and a result. So tell me, was there anything that was holding you back in those moments? I think it boils down to courage and confidence, you know, knowing, can I do it? And it was also a time where, I mean, when they say to to mediators at the Justice Institute, one of the things is, is don't quit your daytime job. <laughs> well, I had quit it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my gosh, what do I do now? So it was just, I think the holding me back is really was my self confidence in getting myself out there, putting myself out there. Like, who am I? Although I had had lots of mediation experience and tons and tons of training and application of uh, conflict management and whatnot, it, uh, it's still, it's, I guess the proof is in the pudding, you know, in terms of being able to get uh, people results that they want. It's lovely to see, you know, when people step out of their comfort zone, right. And then start with the purpose that they really were meant to drive and move forward with. Like you were talking about, I loved your childhood story and how you connected that back to what you do today. And probably insurance wasn't the thing that you were supposed to kind of do forever and how you moved into this with such confidence and perseverance and moving forward. It's not for the faint of heart, right? (laughs) It's not. It definitely isn't. Um, Being an entrepreneur, like what's an entrepreneur? I would say that I probably... I'd say a lot of me is an introvert. I don't know. Is there, is there an omnivert? Is that such a thing? (laughs) You know, like I can get out there and I can talk and I love the energy of people, but there comes a point where it's just like, I need to have my quiet space. And so it's learning what that balance is like and not draining myself too much in one thing or the other and balance balance has been really important. Yeah. I've lacked it. I have to admit that I've lacked it many times. (laughs) 
you go through the process sometimes that happens. So tell me, we don't get to where we are without mentors, people who help us through the journey. Who has been a mentor for you? Or maybe you have several people who have mentored you. I was really fortunate. So what got me to the Justice Institute was a gentleman by the name of Peter Wright. And he was teaching a course. He was uh, an arbitrator in the marine insurance industry. And he was teaching a course in uh, conflict in the workplace. And that's what just, I was mesmerized with what he was talking about in the, in the course. And so I said to him, you know, where do I learn more? And he directed me to the Justice Institute. And it was from Peter that I said, well, he's the one that got me to apply to become the insurance broker for the Insurance Dispute Resolution Program in British Columbia. He's passed away now, but uh, he was a big influence at the beginning. But I do have to say it was my husband. Phil has been in his own business for years and years. He knows what entails the hours that you have to put in, especially at the beginning. He was there supporting me and just being the cheering squad the whole time. So I have to say, really, he was, and we we would, you know, bounce ideas off of one another. And he says, I don't know your industry, but this is what I did. Perhaps want to take that and bring it into your business, you know, what can help. So he's been a huge support and mentor to me. Oh, that's wonderful when we have husbands that can really support us, especially as entrepreneurs. I think a lot of times we either get the great one or the really not difficult one. (laughs) And it takes somebody that you can trust and talk to and help you through the difficult times when you kind of want to quit and just go back to corporate. (laughs) And I respected him. Well, I do respect him, not not past. We have a lot of respect for one another. So I think that that's really crucial. And uh, I just been able to learn and he comes across things as you know, he shares information with me, no judgment, no critical. That's really helpful for sure. When you have your partner who's there along the way, helping you along. So tell me when you had something happen to you that you thought was an impossible thing to achieve, but you achieved it. I have for quite a few years. In fact, I had on my board that I look at daily to have some kind of gathering, a summit or some large gathering of some sort. And it's been on my mind. I didn't know how I was going to bring it about and what it was going to look like, what it was about even. It was just something that I dreamed I wanted to do. And February of this year, I co-founded the Rising Leaders Global Summit. And with my partner, Kelly, she and I, in two months, got all that we needed to get done, done the back end, the front end, we <laughs> we had each other to bounce ideas off or frustrations or anything else that we had to do, but it got launched. And I think that you know, if I was to say that was the impossible, I mean, I know that a lot of people done it. I just didn't know the ins and outs of doing it, but we got it done. And we had in a two week span, we had 195 registrants and we had 19 fabulous leaders and coaches to share their knowledge and experience and give people actual items, you know, things that they can walk away with and apply immediately. So I think that that was a success. I would have said that, but I think it was impossible. It was, I just didn't know how I was going to do it way back when. So it's just, 
it thrilled me to see that was finally done and accomplished. And we're going to be hosting another one in September. (laughs) We talked through that process a lot. You were going through it as we talk about where we get stuck, right? And really help each other with the conversations and what we're each doing. So I know you were going through it a lot. And I was like, wow, how is she going to get this done? Because it's almost the day and she hasn't sent it out, you know? And I was like, wow, this is, you know, and I was so impressed with everything that you had done and everything that you accomplished and getting 192, did you say? 195. Uh, 95 people to register. That's huge for a first time launch of this magnitude. So the next one is going to be, 10 times better because I'm sure you learned plenty. We have learned a lot. In fact, Kelly and I are getting together pretty soon to start the planning process. And (laughs) it's, uh, yeah, making sure you have enough time for it. And it's going to be a very different process this time, but we definitely learned from it. And we're excited that uh, it's going to be going off in, uh, in September. Yeah, you did some really great work. I know when I was um, in the fashion industry, when I launched my first fashion show, I learned so much what not to do. (laughs) And the other ones that came after that, they were so much better. They got better every time. I learned a lot from each one. Even like I was telling somebody that I, I teach a class at the MBA level and this class, I change it every time after I do it because I learn so much from the students and what's not working, what's working. And then I redo it and redo it because I think we need to take the feedback so we can make it better every single time and make it more experiential. And so I really try to take in everything I learn and reevaluate. Absolutely. Yeah, you have to, and it has to connect with your audience. What is it that, that what they want? And I do that. I'm I'm a trainer for the national mediation course. And although we have our curriculum, I'm always changing things up to make sure that they're getting the best experience possible. That's how they're going to learn. That's how they're going to embrace it, especially when it comes to communication and conflict management skills, right? It's like, It's not something that they're just going to get right away. They need to practice. And so it's very much an active process with my training. But yeah, going back to, you know, learning things and what's working, what's not working and tweaking. They say to just get something out and then try it and then learn from it. And that's where I think if anything has held me back, that perfectionitis kicks in, right? And I feel like, okay, is it, is it right yet? Is it right? No, no, no. I got to do that. And so perfectionitis has been my killer, if anything. And so learning to like, let's just get it to as best as I can and put it out there and know that there's always going to be continual tweaking. Well, you know, you do tend to be in that quadrant of perfectionism, but I have to say, I think you really are aware of when that starts to happen because you are able to shift it. I have a few clients in that quadrant. Besides perfectionism, it's like they want to put every single thing they know into <laughs> like a page. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you have to simplify. Let's get all this. I know you know a lot. It's, I'm not saying you don't, but it's just that knowledge that you carry because you've done so much. 
And it just goes, it's overload. It's just <laughs> overload for the people, right? Yeah. And they're not embellishing it. They're not, I mean, like it's, it's, it's so much for them to take on. So yeah, definitely, you know me well. <laughs> <laughs> so how to streamline, yeah, make it simple. Yeah. Everybody does it. In a way, I, I was listening to a very successful entrepreneur that says, the less you give your client, the more benefit they get. And I've had to learn that the hard way because I used to give my clients so much. And then they were like, what am I supposed to do with all this information? I don't even know what to do with it. So I've been not necessarily taking out so much information, but doing it in a way that it's a little bit here, a little bit here versus like in one swoop. So I think we all have to kind of learn how much information is the right information, How much do I give? How much do I not give? And the other thing is everybody's different, right? Some people can take on a lot of information. Others are a little slower in the way they take in information. So watching that is is important. Now, let me ask you this. Lessons learned overall. Give me a few lessons learned that you've had along your journey. I would say that for me, having the focus has been important. I lacked focus at the beginning. So having focus was important, is important, and yet being flexible to be able to see where that my journey is taking me and be open to what's coming to me and deciding whether, yeah, this is something that opens my heart. This is something that really fills me. I think we have to sit there and not just think analytically about, okay, yeah, this is the way that I'm going to make a ton of money, you know, or something like that. And just focused on, yeah, I can charge like, you know, $700 for mediation and, you know, like this and that. I mean, having an income and building a business is and needing the, the resources to do that is really important, but also where do I sit in place of my heart that really fulfills me? So I think that that's been something that I've learned along the way. And also that I don't have to do it alone. You know, that there's just so many people out there who are there to support me, whether it's friends or family or people with expertise in areas that just is not where I shine at all. And to kind of release that, you know, and say, okay, this is where my genius is. As they say, your zone of genius, this is where I'm at. And just bring the people in who support you with that. So I think that that's been another lesson along the journey for sure. Those are really good lessons, you know, just to to stay in focus and and really. Yeah, it's not about the money. And originally it was to me about the money. I, I shouldn't say that sounds horrible, but like it was like, okay, yeah, I can make a really good living as a mediator. And, you know, my focus wasn't where it really needed to be is what fulfills me. That's what I mean by it can't be just about the money because right. you can get money anywhere. Money's there. It's just right. what I need you to get it. So it can come it's to you. The purpose and the meaning you put behind something, right? Yeah, for sure. That's, that's yeah. really important. So tell me the ultimate reward that you've had over this journey for yourself. What has been the reward for you? I think just being true to myself. I'm living my life now that is more in tuned to who I am. I'm having fun doing it. So that's a huge reward. And hey, I'm going to start golf. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. You have to always end it with something fun. 
Right. And yeah, just just that balance. And I'm at a time in my life now where it's just looking at, I can afford to give myself that time and go out and enjoy golf with my husband, with our boys, you know, we can have some family time doing whatever. And I think that that, if anything, is a reward for, you know, you get hard work and you get to a certain place and you can just sort of take some time for yourself now. And I think that that's really important. Yes, that's really important. I got a vacation coming up soon. So I'm looking forward to that. Good for you, yeah. What's next for Brenda? Next five years? I'm really focusing on employee engagement. I think that that is huge. And part of that also includes diversity and equity and inclusion, belonging. So doing some training in that area to give training in that area. I really believe that we spend so much time at work that both employees and employers deserve to really enjoy where they are. And if they're not, then there needs to be an awakening of what do we need to do? And it's not just the employer's responsibility and not just the employee's responsibility. So I really want to put my focus in that, which is what I'm doing with the employee engagement. And it also includes communication and conflict management. That's all part of it. I'm launching a redesigning conflict program. So that's an online program. So that's coming up. Five years from now, I really want to have the discussions by design as a group of coaches. So to bring on coaches and provide the employee engaging engagement uh, training to clients. I'm only one person. I can't do it all. So to have a team, which really excites me and to be able to work, it's just that connection with people. Again, I really love. So it can be a lonely place as a, as an entrepreneur, as you know. So uh, just having a team really excites me. So I think that in five years, that's where I'll be at. And then I'll be able to play more golf. <laughs> yeah, of course you will. And I love that team part because you were talking, that's your good guy piece. And you really need that tribe, those people that are with you, that collaboration. So I'm really looking forward with to that with you. So tell me, Brenda, where can we find you? Okay, so, well, I got my website, www.discussionsbydesign.com. And then I'm on Instagram, which is discussions.by.design is my Instagram feed. And then uh, it's Brenda Hooper on Facebook. But I'm, I really hang out in LinkedIn. So it's Brenda Hooper, um, LinkedIn. I do have, also have a page for Discussions by Design. And I do a lot of, yeah, hanging out in LinkedIn that's where you'll find me. Yeah. Reach out and let's talk. Let's have a great discussion. <laughs> yeah. And so do you have a date for your big event? Are you talking about the rising um, yes. leaders global summit? Yeah. September the 22nd is going to be September the rising 22nd. leaders. Yeah. So we're in the works of getting all that organized. So that's September 22nd. And where can uh, they go for that? Rising leaders summit.net. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to put that in the show notes, I'll make sure I got that link right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's risingleadersummit.net. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Brenda, for being on my couch today and really being open. I love when I hear stories that I have never heard before from friends or people that I know for a long time. So I really appreciate and we'll see what's going on. And, you know, I hope it's less than five years where you reach your goals so you can come back on the podcast. And yeah. we can find out more where you are in that moment. I love it. Well, Yamilka, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure as always talking to you. And thank you for having me on your podcast. It's been great. I've enjoyed it. Awesome. Well, see you soon. 
Okay, take care. Thank you for listening to The Brand Therapist. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. If you'd like to connect with me on social, you can find me at Yamoka Rodriguez Branding, Bespoke Branding Agency, or email me at yamoka at yamoka.com. Thanks for listening.